Because Stacking Benjamins is the king of fundraising for charity, you're stuck listening to this intro here on Listen Money Matters. My name is Thomas, and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you this morning, and what are you drinking? Good, dude, good. It, it's pretty early, so I just have my Nutribullet. It's a, it's a strawberry banana smoothie, and we'd gotten these like ice pop containers from Ikea, so they, they will turn into tasty ice pops soon. So you're going to, like, wake up to popsicles, basically? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. All right. Well, hey, um, just as, you know, if if you're tuning in and you haven't listened to the past three episodes, our intros have been a little weird because we unfortunately lost a charity donation battle to Joe Salcihai and the uh, guys over at StackingBenjamins.com. So they got to write our intro for the past few episodes. And Joe, I've got to say, this one... You know, not as creative as the last ones. I like the one about the pink panties, but this one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, next week we'll be back to reading your catchphrase at the beginning of every episode. So if you want to get your catchphrases on the podcast, send them over to us on Twitter. At Money Matters Man is where you can reach us. We would love to read your hilarious and bad puns and all those catchphrases. So send them in. But today we got a guest on the show. Uh, the first guest of season two, and her name is Jen McDonough. She is uh, the founder of a site called theirongen.com. And the cool thing about Jen is her, he, uh, she and her family paid off $212,000 of debt and medical expenses in four years. Jen is a motivational speaker now with three books on Amazon in the top 100 and also her own podcast. So Jen, welcome to the show. Oh, you guys, thanks for having me on today. <laughs> no problem, no problem. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing Awesome. Thank you. A little cold here in Minnesota. We actually had quite a few of the schools shut down. Um, when it gets down to 35 below wind chill, then they're like, oh, we're closing. So it's kind of a, my, my kids are excited today. Oh, yeah, I, I totally feel you. And I'm so I'm from Iowa. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, Andrew's over in New Jersey. But right now, the yeah. wind chill for me is negative 29. So oh, wow. <laughs> we are sitting wow. in the same boat. Um, my morning walk this morning was about 30 seconds. <laughs> just for posterity. I didn't want to stay out for too long, so I checked the mail and that was it. Um so so this this number $212,000 worth of debt is probably what's going to be like pulling people and I really want to get your story and uh why you are crazy like me and decided to stay in the Midwest in this crazy weather. But <laughs> being somebody who's like worked really hard to pay off debt but only like a smaller amount um $212,000 in 4 years is a crazy amount and I'm just like my mind is blown that you were able to do this. Um, so give us the story about like how this debt came about and what you guys did to pay it off. Yeah, well, before we started our finance journey, I have to t- say that I thought we were financial experts. Bob and I, uh, my husband and I have been married for 22 years, and we were awesome at finding the best deals on things, the best interest rates. Um, we were always great at shifting money around. We were awesome. And so the thought that we needed help on our finances was uh, uncomprehendable. Um, our world really was shook a couple of years ago when our son, one of our kids, we four kids, was diagnosed with a lifetime medical condition. And our world really kind of fell apart at the point emotionally, you know, trying to deal with that. Uh, long story short, our finances, that's when they really crap hit the fan. And uh, as we started to get these medical bills, we found that we were really behind on our other bills. And that the realization that we weren't as good with money as we thought was a hard one to swallow. But long story short, our our ending 
of our story, our finance story, is really a fairy tale story, but it started off to be such a nightmare. And I think people really get a lot of hope and encouragement from our story because we were the worst at finances. Uh, we were terrible. Uh, we, we, you know, didn't check our checkbook more than twice a year, maybe. And, uh, and we went on to write the number one book on Amazon for budgeting. So it, it's been amazing. So our, our story just points out that, hey, you don't have to be good at anything to be great. If, if we can do this, anyone can do it. What happened that you turned it around? I mean, do you just wake up one morning, you know, something hits you in the head and you just went, you know, 180? Well, with our son, uh, it was a that was the motivating factor. Uh, we I really wanted to. F- I don't know if you're familiar with the DISC personality profile or not, but uh, in marriages, sometimes we have different personalities, <laughs> and so Bob and I are on opposite ends of the spectrum. And so when our son was diagnosed, my sole purpose was to find a cure for him. My husband obviously wanted to as well, but I kind of went on an obsession bin of looking um, through research studies. I went through over 300 research studies in a month and found one. The closest one to us was several states away. And so really the the first motivating goal for us was to um, do as, as much as we could in helping him find a cure. So anyways, that's what really hit it for us also standing in the grocery line not not being able to afford you know 20 bucks worth of groceries because we had a maxed out credit card was really uh that was an eye-opener and that was a fear fear and shame drove that whole experience to helping us find uh to face the reality of where we were at so when that happened is when we were ready to, to make a change, or at least I was at the beginning. Uh, so I, I, the, our church was offering a finance program called FPU, Financial Peace University, through Dave Ramsey. We started that course. Uh, long story short, again, our husband, my husband and I were on opposite ends of the spectrum, but it took about six months, five, six months for us to get on the same page. And once we were on that same page, man, things started to happen but it was a it felt like a long long journey we were scheduled to pay off $48,000 in four years and we thought we would never be able to do that it felt so impossible so really it took like kind of a crisis to get your family to the point where it was ready to turn everything around and start changing those money habits yeah you know unfortunately unfortunately for a lot of us we can be taught all this stuff and we're like, yeah, 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 got it. We can be taught, you know, good health habits, good financial habits. But a lot of times it isn't until we actually have actual pain in our lives that we're willing to change. And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's taught us a lot even about raising our kids. You know, we're not afraid to let them fail because really it's in our failures where we learn the most. So, uh, you know, 50K over four years is, you know, what you had said before is definitely like what most people would consider reasonable, but roughly 50K a year is incredible in terms of paying down debt. What kind of steps did you guys take to to make such a dramatic uh, change? You know, the first part was really, really having the courage to sit down and see what our reality was. 
most of us don't know what our reality is, especially when it comes to finances and really being honest with ourselves and seeing what the reality of how much money is coming in, how much money is going out, and how much money is owed in debt and really understanding what debt was. The second part for us was really moving it, um, and that came in really small incremental steps. A lot of us think that, oh, we want the big fix in life to fix our problems. You know, Bob and I are no different. We we are Christian-based folks, and so we were praying that a pot of gold would come our way, <laughs> and we were very we were very angry that it didn't come our way. We thought you have well, to find the leprechaun you know, first. Yeah, we were like, well, we're good people. You know, we asked for this. We put our prayers in like a McDonald's order, and we're shocked when it didn't come through. But um, uh, what did come through was our class, and we were really embarrassed to take this class. Mm -hmm. We were like, we didn't know anyone who took a class on finances um, but just doing those little steps, and that was spending five minutes a day on our budget, just just those little tiny steps and soon that began to translate into okay how can we bring more money in well we can sell things or we can take on more jobs we didn't start off our journey from day one thinking that this is going to be it we we started off feeling hopeless desperate and it was through probably the first two years that we really made the most changes but but what people don't understand a lot of times is there's not only the, the bank account balance thing, you know, of doing the budget and all that, that we all know, but it's really the emotional stuff that goes along with finances that is probably the bigger part. And that's right. really what we've learned. Yeah. So um, I'm guessing that since you had to take these first two years to start building these habits and making these changes, um, it wasn't like... 50k was paid off the first year exactly second year onward did it take a while to start building momentum and and working your way towards paying it off more and more oh, oh yeah you know we we tell people when we go out and speak that you know the stuff you think you should know but we're all it's a learned a, anything we do in life especially with finances is is a learned habit so we're not born financial experts so like many people, the first month was just horrendous for us. You think, well, this is easy. You just track it, what's going in and what's going out. But then you're looking at these black and white numbers and going, well, that can't be possible. We, we don't spend, you know, $800 to $1,000 a month on fast food. That can't be right. But uh, <laughs> going through all those steps and seeing the realization is an eye-opener. And so we tell people, you know what, be patient, especially the first three months when you're starting a budget, because it takes about three months to kind of get the hang of of it. And I think it's so easy for us to get down on ourselves to say, oh, I can't do this. I was never taught this. And, and uh, but when we start putting aside our excuses and, and and when we stop looking at what we can't do and ask ourselves what we can do, that's when we're, we're able to take the baby steps forward. So when we started, we were $1,000 behind on our budget after we cut out all, <laughs> all that we thought we could. And so really that first two years was living penny by penny. Um, and any extra dollar that we earned literally went towards paying off our debt. Uh, we were, uh, in 2010, we, Bob and I took on, this is 
at our two-year mark. Bob and I that year took on 10 jobs all together. So we had 10 W-2 wow. forms when the year was done. If you would have told me that on the first day of our <laughs> program, <laughs> that we would be working 10 jobs, you know, this is during a year when I was pregnant with our fourth child. We, so we had four kids at home. It was a year that I lost my job that I that I loved. I never thought I would lose my job. It was the year Bob and I had surgeries, uh, unexpected surgeries. We were taking our son, you know, out of state for medical care. We had all this trauma and drama going on in our lives. And even with that, we were able to pull those 10 jobs down. But my point being is, is if you would have told us that day one, we would have been like, are you nuts? Are you absolutely nuts? But uh, having gone through the process and learned um, learned a lot about empowerment when we ask ourselves, what can we do? Like, what little thing can I do today is incredible. But, but I'll also tell people that a lot of the jobs we took were only paying between 8 and $10 an hour, the extra jobs we took. And people will ask us, really, Jen, you paid off $212,000 worth of debt and medical expenses by working $8 an hour jobs. And I'm like, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, every hour we worked was, you know, after taxes, say $6 of income. That's $6 that went towards paying off that debt. So anytime we had even a dollar extra, we would go into our bank account, send that creditor or that bill place a dollar. You know, as we got it, we would pay it off. Um, if we made extra tips that on um, pizzas, you know, delivering pizzas, then great. That dollar went towards paying off that de debt. So we became really intentional. And because we became so intentional, it made us start to look at our time different. So instead of looking at, gee, we're at Walmart and the kids, you know, each want a pop, a pack of gum and maybe a candy, which is only 20 bucks. Instead of looking at it as, oh, it's only 20 bucks, we now looked at it as, wow, that's two to three hours worth of work mm -hmm. at our part-time jobs. And by looking at things as, as ter in terms of our time, money, and energies, it changed our whole perspective. And it changed um, the things that we thought we needed in our life. It changed them to really to look at those as wants. So we thought we needed, you know, uh, brand new cars to drive to work because our commute time was uh, 100 miles a day each for my husband and I. So we wow. thought, yeah, so we thought that we needed to have new cars to get us safely to work. And, uh, uh, you know, we ended up getting rid of both of our cars. But again, if you would have told us that on day one, hey, you're going to be working 10 jobs, you're going to be driving these beater cars. And uh, we would have just said, oh, no, this is too overwhelming. But because we took those little tiny steps each and every day, it got our perspective to shift very slowly over time. Jen, what really hits me is that, um, you know, I could see, you know, one of you being like really motivated. Um, and you had said you guys are very far apart on the personality spectrum. But you, <laughs> yeah. but you both were like together. You both were kind of working these ton of jobs and just supporting each other and and that, I find that really incredible and I actually I'm curious like how did you both get
get on board together? And how did you, I mean, and you said you were pregnant while you're working 10 jobs. So obviously your relationship wasn't like in shambles. Like how did you kind of handle that? You know, when we had, uh, the, the medical thing going on with our son, you know, that started this whole journey, we handled that very different. And then when our finances, you know, actually, you know, imploded basically a month later and, and we were just, we felt like, oh my gosh, this can't be the life that we signed up for. I mean, when we got married 20 years ago, this isn't what I pictured my life to be a disaster. And so we, you know, how we go about handling things on our different personalities uh, is a big thing. So um, Bob and I were really on opposite ends of the spectrum on how we how we did things. So I wanted to take everything fun out of our lives. I wanted um, to, I, I, I just wanted to find a cure for our son. That's really what I wanted. And then as time went on, it's like, okay, now our goals have shifted from finding a cure to our son to paying off our debt. Um, but my husband, it took about five, six months of him uh, to get on board. And, and it wasn't just Bob, it was how I was treating it. So I was, I turned in, I, I don't nag my husband. I really don't. It's something, we have a lot of respect for each other. But when this happened, it kind of brought out the worst mm. in both of us. And our communication just got really terrible during this time. And so I would hound him every day about finances. And um, he just, he would tune me out. He just, it, he couldn't take it. And so it wasn't until we hit we started our finances in April 1st. It wasn't until about September when we found out that I was pregnant that that shift happened for him. And so he mm. just, he started to see that the stuff was starting to work. And I, I know Dave Ramsey really talks about, hey, you have to be on board and you have to do this together. However, our, um, our teaching goes a little bit further deeper into that in our books and and we really encourage people that most likely even if you're not on the same page uh, um, uh, what I mean is most likely is most likely you're you're probably not going to be on the same page and if you are that's just a bonus but the point is is that somebody has to start the finances in your family and Mm -hmm. For some people, like my husband, it takes a little bit of understanding to see, hey, this stuff is really going to work. It's not just a scam. It's not a, you know, quick get rich scheme. And and I think that's okay. But for also the, the other person like myself who was really driven uh, to understand that nagging isn't, isn't the way to go about this, mm-hmm. um, taking all the fun out of life isn't the way to go about it. Um, sometimes for some people and how we approach it and their different personality styles is so important. So for my husband, it really took for me to stop talking, um, you know, about all the bad things and to really start talking about the dreams of where we wanted to go. And when we, when that happened, when we started focusing on really what we wanted instead of what we were having taken away, that, um, really helped us build a lot of resiliency in to continue the journey forward and to start getting on on board i absolutely love the insight about what you just said like focusing on what you guys wanted because um yeah it really makes sense like people don't do anything unless they want to for some reason and when you're only faced with the bad and like 
and you know just being told over and over again you need to do something there's just less motivation than when you can see a clear uh, reward for it and a clear like a reason to want to do it for yourself and that makes a lot of sense that uh your husband would be more on the page with you once that shift happened oh yeah because honestly you guys we looked at our finances and when we thought of the word budget we thought ooh, straight jacket like <laughs> ew i don't want that that's so i don't want to be restricted i don't want to be told mm. what to do and when we shift, we're able to shift that perspective around and go, okay, it's not about taking things away. It's about becoming empowered and telling our money where to go and where it's going to lead us rather than just kind of letting our money lead us. That was a big mind shift and it's really brought a lot of peace and contentment in our life. So we, I can't say that we really argued about money a lot throughout our marriage, but having paid off that debt, you don't realize the stress that you're under until that that debt starts to be paid off. And all of a sudden, you realize that you've been carrying this burden that you didn't even know was there. Mm. And it's just amazing how that shift for us, um, becoming generous uh, was a big part in that learning process. So now we tithe 10% of our income towards our church and just learning to let go of a lot of stuff was a big thing because we thought, oh, we can't give to charity. We can't afford it. But just having that faith and saying, you know what, uh, we're going to live it forward has brought uh, a lot of abundance in our lives. Yeah, it isn't, it's kind of interesting how a lot of people when they start, you know, being more generous and being more deliberate about giving good things happen, you know, in your own life as well. Yeah, we always thought, you know, not only were we money experts before we started this journey, but we also thought that we were really generous. You know, we would put five, ten dollars a week in a church, whatever we had left over or happened to have in our pockets. Um, and and we've shifted that around to make that our first thing on our budget that we do every month. And it's again, it's just a it's a different mindset, a different perspective, and it's I'm so thankful to have that peace and contentment in our lives because really money is a part of our life now, but it's not the main focus of what drives us and doing what we do in our in our lives. It's it's there, but we, you know, it's more we see it as more finite, which we never viewed money as finite before. We always thought it was limitless and it was mystical and magical. And now there's there's no magic about it. There's no mystical. It's finite. It is what it is. It's it's money. It's a number. Right. Yeah. It's not it doesn't determine who we are. And we we really that was a, a big thing is we when we hit this, there was so much shame. Uh, and I think a lot of people hit shame in their lives when they do find themselves in financial trouble that they think that determines who they are. And that's so not true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just a resource, you know, it's uh, it has a big bearing on your life, but it doesn't define who you are as a person. Exactly. So um, today you're a speaker. You've written three books, which I'm interested to hear about. Um, and you have a podcast and all this stuff. So were you doing these kind of things or were you like, did you have the ability to do these kind of, these kind of things when you started the uh, journey to pay off your debt or were you at a completely different spot and sort of like moved into this area because of your journey? Oh my gosh, you guys, you know, <laughs> I can't tell you how much our lives have changed from this. We were a very, very private family. Uh, <laughs> we live out in the kind of the 
country, I guess. And and honestly, if you would have known us even three years ago, if you would have drove by our house, we would wave at you and smile. But if you would have stopped your car to talk, we would have been like, oh, my gosh, you know, boundaries, <laughs> we, you know, hello. We're, we are extremely, extremely, we were extremely private people. And now to share our most embarrassing, shameful story with the world has, it was, it took a big step to do that. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it was kind of like we went from being the people that waved at everybody but wouldn't talk or wouldn't build communications to, hey, Bob, don't forget we have the crew coming from Germany to film a documentary on our family. They're staying <laughs> with us for three days. You know, they're coming into our home. They're following us at our work. They're, uh, we're sharing our, our experience with the world. So it's been amazing. And through, uh, through this whole journey, it's really led to the life that we're living today. And it's, it's been amazing. That's so cool. So actually, I'm really curious to hear about that, uh, the documentary thing, because I've seen this, you know, in so many reality TV shows and stuff like I always wonder how do you how do you deal with camera people just being there and like mic people holding mics over your heads all the time? Yeah, um, (laughs) we're you know, like I said, we didn't come from that background at all. Mm. And especially (laughs) especially my husband, you know, I'm a little more outgoing than he is. Um, but it's just, it's kind of realizing why, why you're doing it. Um, for us, it's really living it forward. And if, if one person can be changed from our story, um, it's, it's worth it. And so for all the, there's always kind of that fear of what neg- negativity is going to come out of it. Mm. Um, for instance, when we've shared our story with the local news thing, um, people came back and were you know, very, very hopeful, you know, got hope and stuff. But it was the few comments like, hey, your husband shouldn't wear horizontal stripes. You know, it was like, <laughs> what? Or, you know, they would say little nasty comments about this or that. And and I was so, we were so afraid that that would be the reaction when we came out with our story. But really, you know, for every thousand nice things we hear, there's maybe one negative Nelly. And that's pretty right. good odds. So it's and if I just really don't give a hoot now, you know, for the negative Nellies, I don't have time for them. Whatever you think uh, about our story, you know, if it's whatever negative, probably most likely you got problems in your own life mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't bug us. Yeah, it, I think that's just something you have to get used to as somebody who's willing to share what you've done with the world. You know, most people will will pull a good from it and just like a tiny few will say bad things about it. And I think those, those are the kind of people who will say bad things about anything. Exactly. It affects you like more. It's, I don't know, it it seems heavier, but eventually I think you get used to like, you just kind of know it's going to happen no matter what. Yeah. And I think when you look at life in terms of, Hey, really, what do I want? Like, what's the big picture? And that's what a lot of this has brought. You know, we went from living day to day, minute to minute, you know, living in fear and shame, literally focusing only on our finances and our son, literally five, you know, every five minutes a day. Uh, We couldn't sleep at night. We were whatever to really being able to step back and, and look at the big picture. And so now instead of worrying about our problems that are going on right now, this minute, because we've removed a lot of that 
unnecessary stress in our lives, we're able to look at the big picture and say, hey, what do we want at the end of our lives? You know, when I'm sitting on my deathbed, what do I want? What do I want to look back and be proud of in my life? What's the big things that matter? And and because we've removed that stress, it's allowed us to do that. And we've really mapped out an incredible life that we're living today. I mean, speaking and writing, I couldn't speak in front of two people before all this. And now I'm speaking in groups of, you know, I recently spoke at a conference with over 500 people uh, attending Uh, my groups that I speak to are people who work in high-stress work environments that serve our communities. So things like 911 operators, firefighters, law enforcement, uh, those groups that really deal with a lot of stress in their work. Um, I can also speak to corporate America, which is wonderful. I like doing, but really my heart is in serving those who serve our communities in those positions. Because I think when we help them grow stronger as individuals, we're not only helping them, but we're also helping the communities they serve and the organizations that they're on. And that's just, that's that's the kind of stuff that I want to look back on my deathbed and say, hey, I got to be a little part of that. How did yeah. you uh, slow it down where you had these 10 jobs, you know, you're just <laughs> running to, to make it work and then actually decide to kind of start your own thing and tell your story, which I imagine was like as opposite of what you were doing as could be, you know, and, and write a book and do a documentary. Like, how did you what, what even made you think that your story was interesting, that anyone would care? You know, again, being kind of that faith-based background, for me, it was really feeling that nudge that God really wanted us to share our story. I didn't, I didn't want to. Because <laughs> it's very I, difficult to do your own thing. It is difficult. But it was just really, um, really having that focus of where my faith is and where I'm going, you know, what I want my life to look like, what, a, what impact do I want to leave on this world? really focusing on that helped lead to where we could get out to share our message, to give, you know, my purpose and passion on this earth. I'm very clear about knowing what my mission is. I'm very clear about knowing what my goals are. And because of that, it makes my decision-making process so easy. So I know exactly where I'm going. Now, things may change, and that's okay. But I'm because I know what my mission is, um, and and who I am, I'm very confident in that. It makes it pretty easy in seeing where things go. So uh, for us, our our mission is to give hope and inspiration to people, to motivate them to take action, to create the life that they want. And uh, I, it, the way that we do it is just a tool. So. For instance, our books are a tool on helping people do that. Uh, Our speaking is a tool. Our workshop is a tool. The coaching that we do is simply a means of how we we do that. So understanding who you are at the core and why you're here on earth is really a big thing on helping us live out our purpose and passion. Yeah, so so I'm curious. um, Like you seem like you have uh, very defined goals now, which is awesome and they drive you forward with like, you know, long-term things you want to do. But when you were starting this out, what were some of the, like, 
things you were able to do or support systems you were able to set up to help you during the specific hard times when it was like really, really tough to make it through? Yeah. You know, when we go out and speak to like 911 operators, we talk about overcoming obstacles. We have what we call the EMS system, and I've already touched on two of those. So it's embracing our reality, moving it forward incrementally. And the last thing is the S, surrounding ourselves. And that's really surrounding ourselves in what we choose to have in our lives. So the books that we read, the uh, music that we choose to listen to, the people that we allow to speak in our lives, a lot of us just kind of drift through life. And that's how... Bob and I were in many ways. We kind of drifted through life and we expected this ta-da, you know, wonderful life to happen. And I think a lot of us are really shocked when we start getting in our 30s, 40s, and 50s to discover that life never turns out like how we expect. Mm -hmm. But our message is that, you know what, it really can turn out better than you can even imagine But that comes from those three steps that I just talked about. And the last step in surrounding yourself can come in many forms. Um, It it really does help to build resiliency in our life when we surround ourselves with greatness. As an example, you know, I had just turned 40 years old. I had our fourth child. We were still struggling with finding a cure for our son. We were doing all this stuff. And I had just taken on a pizza job. Uh, um, pizza delivery job in our town and that included going you ever see those sign people carrying the pizza signs up and down the street oh yes and like dancing in the costumes yeah that was me walking down up and down Mm -hmm. the street and you have to to understand that we live in a very small town Mm -hmm. and so this pizza place that we worked at was on the main drag. So as I'm 40 years old, just having had this child, I'm working full time. Bob and I both have a two hour daily commute. We're very like, we're very focused. You know, I was remembered walking up and down the, this very busy street in our little town where everybody could see you thinking, wow, I could have a lot of pity for my situation and think poor me. You know, here I am, 40 years old. What a shameful experience to go through. Like, all my neighbors see me. uh, You know, everybody's going to know our problems. They're going to know what we're doing. But I chose not to have that perspective and instead chose the the perspective of empowerment. And, and so it was during that time that I surrounded myself with folks like Dave Ramsey, uh, to to use that time and say, how grateful am I to have this time to carry this pizza sign to listen to these podcasts? You know, here I'm getting exercise. I get to um, listen to Dave Ramsey, surround myself with greatness, and I'm getting paid for it. I mean, how much better does <laughs> that get rather than sitting home, being on the couch? And just having those people like the Dave Ramseys in the world, like Dan Miller, uh, from 48days.com, speaking into my life uh, uh, was, uh, was amazing. And, you know, being able to read those books of encouragement, that's what really kept us going. Surrounding ourselves with um, people that we could trust to share, you know, our struggles with was, was incredible. That's awesome. And I love the way you reframed the situation. I always, I always figured, like, if for whatever reason I had to go to prison, it would just be a lot of reading time. <laughs> yeah, and workout time and reading time. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. That's a great way to do it. So, hey, I want to know um, the books you wrote. So what are, what are those about? 
Well, our books are uh, our books are really fun. Living Beyond Awesome was the first book we wrote, and that book is uh, about going from a couch potato mom to becoming an Ironman triathlete. And honestly, you guys, I still laugh when I read that book. I'm like, this is pretty damn funny. It was, uh, I don't know if it still is. I haven't checked for the last couple months, but it was in Amazon's top 100 Kindle category for definitely over two and a half years. It's still maybe in and out there, but that is really the book that you read when you want to look at life and go, okay, what can I do? Like that's some great motivational book, whether you're an athlete or not. There's so many lessons to be taken from there. Our other two books, um, Living Beyond Rich is the book I'm most proud of. That's our finance journey. And not Mm -hmm. only did we share our whole journey of what that was like, but what I love about it is we took financial experts from around the country and we had them write a chapter because we realized that not everybody is married, uh, not everybody has kids, and so they may not relate exactly to our story, but we wanted to create such an awesome book that anyone could pick up to that book and go, hey, I got something out of this. So we had people write specifically towards the college student what it's like to be a single mom going through this, what it's like to be burdened with a lot of medical debt and going through this. So we, 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 we took such great things and combined it in the, the one book. And then our last book, Five Minutes a Day to Living Beyond Rich, that book is actually hit number one on Amazon for budgeting. And that book is for folks who hate budgeting, don't think they're good at it, hate Excel sheets, and um, just really don't like reading even it's a very short book it's an easy read and it's to get people going on their financing finances using the five minutes a day approach if i I tell people if you love excel sheets you love budgeting do not buy this book (laughs) you will hate this book it's really for that person who doesn't think they can do it hates budget hates finances and again that those can all be found on amazon cool well hey uh Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Um, it's been awesome, and I, I love your story, especially the the um, the bits about just reframing your situation and the uh, the story about getting started down this path because we don't start as super motivated speakers or authors, you know, muffins start in tough places. So if people want to connect with you or find out more about you, where should they go? Oh my gosh, I would love to have them visit me over at the Iron Gen dot com website and from there you can find us on facebook twitter and everything's under the iron gen and gosh if i if you have any listeners out there who are working in those high stress environments my goodness i would love to have your event coordinators connect with us we do some amazing workshops on uh, the gifts of personality we also do some um great keynote talking talks that relate to overcoming your obstacles, uh, reducing stress, all those good things. Cool. Yeah. And you just got your uh, firefighter certifications, right? I know. Talk about (laughs) fear. Yeah. Yeah. Fear and being out of your comfort zone. Yes, I did. At 44 years old as a asthmatic mom of four who's a little overweight right now i just got my fire one and fire two certifications so very very proud of that and very humbled to be able to serve our community in this way right on cool hey guys if you enjoyed this episode and you want to learn more about jen that's the iron if you have questions about money 
You can email us over at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com and Andrew will get those questions answered and maybe even we'll have them answered on the show. If you want to subscribe, leave a review or even get further involved with the show, go over to listenmoneymatters.com slash get dash involved. You can subscribe to get the show delivered to whatever device you listen to Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern. And if you really want to earn our everlasting adoration, you can leave a review and honest rating on iTunes. And I'm going to read one real quick. This comes from Germ1312. Uh, just great show, five stars. I podcast a lot, and this is the first review I've ever written. These guys are down to earth and share real-life situations. I was looking for a podcast that talked about money and the best ways to keep and make more of it, but I didn't want a complicated podcast, and this is a great fit. Thanks so much for that review. And uh, if you want to find our, our uh, favorite money resources for learning how to budget, for uh, managing your money, paying off debt, all that cool stuff, and support the show, go over to listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. That's all we've got for you on this episode. So thanks for hanging out, and we will see you in the next episode. Later, man. Later. Please tell your friends about this show.